Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way podcast. Uh, you know, this is one of the one of the great gifts of my life is the ability to that I've, that I've created this platform to have amazing conversations. And what's starting to happen is that friends and sometimes people I don't even know are referring great guests to me. And such is the case today. Um, I'm joined today by Bruce McEver, and Bruce is uh, a polymath. He is a businessman, an author, a poet. His bio is extremely impressive to the point that I'm going to put it in the sh in the show notes about all of the things that Bruce has accomplished in his life. Um, he is also the author of a memoir called Many Paths, um, and it is um, it is what I think everyone should do when they have a spiritual awakening is they should write that down because if you don't write it down, it never happened uh, in the sense of like the opportunity to learn from it. So welcome, Bruce. Thank you so much for joining. Well, it's a, it's a privilege to be here, Justin. And I'm looking forward to a longer conversation sometime. Yes, exactly. Thank you for having me on. I'm I, Again, I'm truly honored. Thank you. Yeah, you know, Meister Eichert, who you would know with your divinity background, said, uh, all mystics speak the same language. So um, I think that uh, that's that's probably that simpatico that we already have. So he's one um, of the great uh, he's one of the great preachers. I don't know if you've read his sermons, but yeah, they are, yep. are short and sweet. I wish I could talk like that. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah, he 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 was like uh, a Solomon in that he he understood the rules of Twitter. You know, thousands of years before it was invented. You know, that right. short, compact statement. You know. Um, so, um, I'm curious before we get into the, the questions I'd sent you in advance of was, when was there, or was there a moment where you you had this realization that you needed to write this down? You needed, you needed to write the book. Was there a moment or is that a, or is that an emerging idea? Um, I would say it, it emerged over time. I was, uh, Thomas Lux was a, a great poet and a friend of mine. And I think, uh, it's in the book, uh, it, it was at, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> my God, I'm forgetting. Um, the, I was at, a, uh, not Sarah Lawrence, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the name okay. of the school with, with Tom uh, in North Carolina. Mm. And uh, he said, I was telling him about a trip I'd just come back from in China. And uh, the Warren Wilson School, excuse me, I was there for a summer, uh, for a summer session. And uh, he said, you know, you lived an incredible life and uh, you should write, you should write it down. Uh, I, I tried a couple of times before that, but I never had the opportunity till I got to Stanford University. And uh, I was introduced through a Van Bolin, who was the poetress that ran Creative Writing Department. Uh, to John Evans, who uh, taught memoir. And, and John had, a, his wife was killed by a bear and he witnessed oh, wow. that. And so he wrote a book about it. And so what we found is it's so cathartic to write about this experience. And um, anyway, I worked with yeah. him for a year and a half and that really, that that got the book out, so yeah. had the ideas. Something I've been sitting on, and then finally I had the chance to get it, to to get it out, and then it had to be edited down. Oh sure, yeah, mm -hmm. awesome. 
So this kind of this is a good lead in, you know, the topic, the topic is the name of the book. I, as I consider topics, many paths is such a great name. Um, and it fits nicely into this whole third way concept that I've, uh, I'm promoting about just finding, you know, the roads less traveled. And so life invites us at times to what I've been calling the long, dark valley. Um, I think that's what maybe Psalms 23 is about to some extent. And that could be a, 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 a existential crisis or a personal tragedy or an addiction, something. It's just a long, dark valley. And you write about this at length in the book, and you're very um, transparent and open. And it's beautiful to see, especially in a man, uh, to write about heartache so openly. And so I'm curious in, in the process of you walking your long, dark valley, the one that you reference mostly in the book, but I'm sure you've had others. What did you learn about yourself in those times? What did you, what did you, what did you discover that you didn't maybe know was there, or maybe you'd lost it and you rediscovered it in the long, dark valley? I think that's, first of all, you asked the, the greatest questions. Uh, it's, it's really meaningful because what you learn, the first thing you learn is that it's not your plan. Yeah. It's not your plan. And the dear God just hit me up beside the head with a two by four mm -hmm. when he, when my, my wife passed away tragically. I mean, that's the start of the book and really the start right. thing. It also led to an eryphony uh, in a barnyard the next day, uh, which is also in the book. And, uh, I heard a reverberation say many paths, and I tried to figure that out. I've been trying to figure that out for the rest of my life, what that was. Um, but uh, you, I became, I, I, again, you just have to realize life is not your plan. It's, it's some other plan. You become, I became more religious. I wanted to go deeper and find out more about what that plan was and where it came from. Um, I think also that writing about it, you find it's very cathartic writing. I, I, I had written poetry, but then after she died, I really began to write poetry. And I took it to some poet friends of mine and I thought this was just dribble, you know? And they said, no, it's actually, you know, just revised here or there or whatever. And I took, a, at, at Divinity School, I took a course by a guy named Michael Jackson, not the same basketball player, but his wife had died and he had started writing poetry. And he taught this class, he's an anthropologist from Australia, uh, on, on writing and telling the stories. And that's what they use in these truth and, and reconciliation conferences in Africa after these terrible massacres and stuff. So. You know, the, uh, so so the writing is cathartic, right? And I think also you learn. I learned, and with her death, that people come out of the woodwork. You think you're alone in this grief and in in this dark valley, and what happens is the other people that are in the dark valley come out and talk to you and say, you know, look, this happened to me. I lost my wife on a when I was in my one of my partners lost his wife of some rare disease when he was in London and couldn't get her home. And uh, it's just, um, it is amazing. And anyway, it, it enriches your life. We go through these, these ups and downs in life. And I think you have to just be able to, 
to to uh, to learn from those experiences. And I think that the another real lesson is is write it down. I kept a diary through all of this. Yeah, I kept a diary after my maybe after I was thirty years old. Wow. And, uh, so I had a lot of material to write this book right. with, more than enough. That's what McConaughey did with his book, Green Lights. It's, you know, 30 years of journaling um, oh. that, that he, he went back to and, and wrote, you know, Green Lights about. And I think, thank you for sharing that. I think for me, um, well, first of all, it is, it is a hard thing to say to somebody, especially in, in, Western, in Western culture, American culture in particular, that um, that there's a lesson all in all of it. And so we have, so it's actually an invitation, even though it sucks and it hurts so bad to lose someone or lose and I even, or the existential pain of losing an identity or losing a plan. And I believe so much in this idea that you're writing about with many paths I have on my for tattooed on my forearm, the mission is in the suffering. And the, and, and that's where I, I found myself in the darkness um, in the sense of, I found the unbreakable part of me. Um, I found what, you know, you read about like Viktor Frankl and uh, Admiral Stockdale and um, a variety of other people, you know, that went through way worse than, than I went through. Yes. Arriving at this, this, this realization that we really are unbreakable or as my, uh, my partner, Virginia has a term, she's Nicaraguan, it's called indomable, which means un, untamable. There's a part of us that cannot be broken, and we find that in the darkness. Um, I think Frankel's particularly. I taught again. I taught his book in my in course at Georgia Tech. Uh, he he found again the religious connection that those that had some faith or hope, and those terrible circumstances in Auschwitz, those are the ones that survive. Those are the people that survive. Right. Yeah, yeah, and, and Stockdale talked about that too in Vietnam as a POW, and uh, Hurricane Carter, who was incarcerated for what thirty some years for a crime he didn't commit, and um, and I, I I always think about this as like what a it's a weird thing to say, but to have a life that doesn't have any grief or suffering is such a tragedy. Because you never really get to know yourself if everything is always, you know, unicorn farts and rainbows. It's like I say to people, it's like if you, all your plans work out, you didn't dream big enough. You know, you can't. And so that's where I, I get into like, we got to be willing to walk the long, dark valley. And as a person of faith myself, I know I'm not alone in it, as you said. And I know that there's something on the other side. And my job is to put one foot in front of the other uh, sometimes. And, and, uh, and the, so anyway, so thank you for that. The, the other question is that, that I have for you, uh, Bruce, is, is kind of maybe, you know, very quite different from the first one, but you're a, by all accounts, um, you know, a successful person when it comes to like, you build a very successful business and you've had um, a level of accomplishment in your life, but you're a very deeply spiritual man as well. And we know Jesus said it's easier for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle than a, the camel to go through the eye of the needle than a rich man to get into heaven. Um, I'm curious about how you have navigated in your journey and your many paths the, the, the often perceived and sometimes actual incompatibility between financial wealth and spiritual wealth. How have you navigated that? 
I don't really have an answer for this question because I'm not there yet. So I'm really curious about <laughs> what you say. <laughs> I'm, I'm there and past it. I think, uh, well, I'm, uh, it, they are totally two separate things. If you think about it, financial success is the accumulation of things and the unstoppable accumulation of things, the greed that drives Wall right. Street, which is where I worked and lived and thrived and, and, and made my, built my company. Mm -hmm. In the spiritual path, you know, you're supposed to give it all away. Mm -hmm. It's on the other, it's the disassociation because you're trying to empty your backpack so you have, so God has a space. And when you're so rich, I mean, I see, I, I, I live in Naples, Florida, South Florida. I see such incredible wealth that I look at the, you know, the big boats. And it's like, how do they have time? How do you have time? If you have one of those, how do you have time to take care of that? You know, yeah. you have to live with it. In other words, the, when you have so much, you, you don't have time for other stuff. So it's a, it's a way of, for, for me, it's a, it's a way of sort of, creatively thinking about how you give it at this stage of my life how do you give it away it's like the indians you know you want to the end of your life you want to sort of go down to go down to zero and yeah. how do you how do you how do you do that creatively i heard bill gates speak and at harvard and you know some socially conscious people ask him you know what do you do you know you make your money first or do you and of course, he knew, he said, you know, look, I couldn't do the things that I have done had I not done what I, what I, what I did. And I, I, in the same way, I could not do my foundation or poetry at tech or the, the other, a lot of, I fund a lot of the nature conservancy type thing. Mm -hmm. And I intend to keep doing that. But, and, 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 but. You couldn't do it without the other, but they are total dichotomies. And he, and that's the that's the one thing. What Jesus, you know, uh, it it really is true. You you've got to be very careful about what what you accumulate, and because you have to pay attention to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know what's going? I mean, today <laughs> the market crashed. You know, right. <laughs> you know, I lost a lot of money. So yeah. you know, I'm I'm going well. You know, why am I paying attention to this at my, you know, um, it's, um, it is, it is, that's a really, really, really great question that everyone has to answer and balance how, how you, how you do that. And without the, the wealth is stuff, you couldn't fund the charities, right? We have a great way in this country. It's not the it's not the state that funds it; it's yeah. the individuals that fund it, and uh, it's yeah. uh, creative uh, creative charity. But still, if you're really religious, when you when you've got to you've got to give up you've got to give up things. Yeah, I I think, and again, this is theory for me because you know I I built you know I've been all, I've done all right, um, but and not you know, not to the level of what I would consider myself. I'm, I've got a long way to go to get where I want to get to related to my financial goals. But here's what I have learned in having a couple of spiritual awakenings is 
and, and I think this was kind of Jesus is the point when he was like, render unto Caesar, unto Caesar's or the Caesar's. And, you know, he didn't, he certainly wasn't, you know, the, 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 he wasn't the prosperity doctrine, which I think is, you know, borderline evil in some ways. And, but he also wasn't like, you have to be an aesthetic and, you know, eat, eat out of one rice bowl your whole life. It was, a, there was this balance in, in that. And what I have found is coming out of a couple of spiritual awakenings is that awakenings help you see the actual value of things. And so you could have a lot of money. And if you think those things are valuable, then you are, you, they, you, they are your idols. If you know that it's all disposable and it could all be taken away, and like you said, the market could crash, your house could burn down, but the things, the things that you can't buy, those are priceless. And I'm at an interesting place in life, Bruce, where I have everything that money can't buy. So now I'd like a little bit of money to, so I can enjoy those things with the people in my life. You know, that's a, it's an interesting place to be at 51, where I'm not so much interested in wealth building. I'm interested in um, having funding mechanisms for the things that are the most important to me. Well, one thing is um, love and friendship and, yeah. and others. I mean, you can't have a status, you can accumulate all you want, but if you're lonely in the end, it doesn't make any sense, frankly. If yeah. you, can't, you can't, if you can't share that wealth, if you can't share that with other people, it's really not any fun. Yes. And I found, of, that, uh, I found that the hard way too. Yeah. <laughs> well, as all lessons are, it seems. Yeah. So the, the last question is, is fascinating to me as you look at your, your bio and you, you have a background in um, what I would say very left brain um, things. You know, you, you were an, an, an systems analyst in the, for the, in the, uh, in the Pentagon, you went to Georgia Tech um, you, you know, then worked for many years or have worked for many years in the financial sector, which is very data left brain systems oriented, which again, can seems to me be often incompatible with faith, which is, you know, walking into the unknown. So you're, I would, you're as an accomplished person, that's obviously based off of your track record, a driven, driven person. How, how have you reconciled the engineer part of your mind and to allow plans to be released and systems to be released so that you can step more fully into a place of faith or what I call the art of unfinishing, go, you know, venturing into the unknown. How do you do that? Um, how, have you, how have you uncoupled those two things in your life? It's again, a very, a very key question. Um, you have to, uh... Well, I, I, I was always very good at, um, I was very good at math and, and, and science and, and loved it to begin with. There was something else I was really missing. I didn't realize I could write and, and that, uh, that took me a while to, to realize um, that I had that other part. And my, uh, basically my organizational self, which was an Eagle Scout at 12 years old, Mm. Uh, overruns the poet side and mm. I have to watch I have to keep him, him under control is what I've learned um, but what you what you have to learn is you've got to um, you got to keep your face out of the screen you can't you got to keep your face out of the computer and out of your phone and look around you because 
one of the great sayings in the Bible is Luke 17, I think it is, when the Pharisees come to Jesus and they say, where is the kingdom of, where, where's the kingdom of God? And he says, well, if it was in the sky, the birds would proceed. And he said, if it was in the sea, the fish would proceed. But it's really on earth and all around you and men don't see it. Yeah, that's one of the key verses in the Thomas Gospel as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. The you you uh, it is in front of us. You just have to look around. I I I, I can't get enough of nature. That's why I mm -hmm. live in the places that I live. It's because that's where I really I find God. I don't think God is in the internet. Yeah, and, or, or in a building. You, you, oh, no. And 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 inside you've got to get outside you've got to you've got to list your and i'm i really think it's a challenge for the young people in this country because you got to get your face out of that screen and look at the trees smell them yes. smell them smell the flowers yeah um, totally i think um for me i'm not i'm not an engineer but you know that when you look at it from the kind of energetic masculine and feminine the masculine need for order and control and the feminine is different than that and i don't mean that gender more like spiritual energy is um what i have had to do is release my grip on what i want things how I, basically i had to put down will and pick up surrender and and i've i've had to pick drop that drop will and pick up surrender a hundred times thousands of times but, but part of it for me where I feel like I've had a breakthrough over the last two years in particular is everything in my life that I find precious, which is really people. Um, yeah. I didn't make those. I mean, I made sons, but I wasn't the only one. I didn't know, what, I didn't know how it was going to turn out. I didn't know what kind of humans they were going to be. And, and what I've learned about releasing that need for order and structure and control is that by surrendering, it's going to be so much better than I could have ever done it on my own. Um, that's the key for me is like, it's like, I don't, it's not passivity where it's, it's, it's gratitude and action. And, and it's like, I always point out that Noah, God didn't build the ark in the story of the ark, Noah did. And, but Noah had a blueprint. And, and I think what happens when it comes to faith or thinking of God, the universe, whatever, we, we want to we want to hold the blueprint until God to build the ark. But really what we're doing is we're building the ark and he has the blueprint and we get to choose whether or not we follow it or not. That's true. I, I say in the in the afterward in the in in the in the book, a, a, a passage in the middle of the Thomas Gospel, number 50. It's it's these believers uh, trying to find the kingdom of God and they are challenged coming into the kingdom of God. And he says, what is your sign? And the sign is, our sign is movement and it is stillness. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's light and darkness. Yes. In other words, it's from the times that we are in meditation mm -hmm. and comes movement. So yeah. it is being still and taking action. Yes. You have to, in order to take action, to take progress, proper action you got to be still and think about it first yes. you know it is it is movement and rest is our yeah. sign it's really interesting that in a 2000 year old document that you had to have a passport but you know it's yeah. it's it's right there 
and yes. uh, it, it's so meaningful because I get my I get my energy from resting and meditation and the spiritual side, but then I have to take action on that. Right. And, and yeah. you can't do it uh, yeah. if you if you're busy with other things, you know. It's some. It's like uh, the literal name of Richard Rohr's foundation. You know, the Center for Action and Contemplation. It's like that's yes. very, very much this and this. Also, back to very the masculine. Hmm? Yeah, it's right. Yin and Yang. Yin it's, and Yang, and the masculine. Yes, and and it's the masculine creation and the feminine releasing or inviting receiving, and it's and right. and it goes around and around and it becomes a flywheel for invention and uh, and joy and a life well lived. And I think that's why, you know, we're, we are called to nature and we are called to what I call immersive creative experiences, right. like music or intimacy or yes. food or nature. That's, that's, that's why I love the, I, I think the indigenous people were the, sometimes the closest to what God or the, whatever label you want to use really is, right. is this force in everything that exists the and you know the, the anime and the animus type approach to life um right so like, like the Taoist, you know there's nothing yes. it, it's it, there's nothing really wrong with the world it's in balance yes we're out of balance and you've got to get in line with that power yeah be it, you know. and i i probably would like to have you back on to talk about um more the divinity side of things and your in your transformation, you know, and the in your moving, you know, still doing the business stuff, but going and getting your your you know divinity uh, degree later in life. And and but my I guess what I what what I'll end with here is it, it makes me sad that this 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 series of you know documents that were really designed as a book of clues or or like for mystics to you had to be mystical. You had to be able to hold the tension of the darkness and the light in order to understand it. Yes. Um, and it's the Christianity in particular has been taken over, especially on the right wing by a bunch of literalists, yeah. you know, and that's not the point. The point is that we are supposed to figure this out for ourselves. Uh, Jesus rarely spoke about things in the absolute uh, as far as like policy and procedure. Um, yeah. So anyway, maybe we can have a different discussion about that, but um before i hit pause here any other final thoughts that you wanted to share as um that as long as you have this moment anything else you wanted to share no i well i read the book yes okay there you go <laughs> i'd I'm love you to read i'd here. love you to read my book because i said it's it was uh four four to five years yeah. in the making it's very tight and it does go through these uh experiences and um uh, anyway, I hope you will find it. Uh, yes, inner, inner, inner and, and enlightening. Yes, and I um I am um I've started it. Um, haven't finished it, but um I will. It's riveting actually, and then I'm going to uh, link to it in the show notes as well. So oh, that'd be wonderful. I really yeah. look forward to another conversation, Justin. This is uh, me too. It's been delightful. All right, and, and thank uh, thank you, Dennis, for. Yes, thank you, Dennis. He'll be on. He's a, he'll be on. on to, I'm gonna record with him tomorrow. So oh, great. Yeah. All right. Thank you.